Well, if you stay standing, we're going to uh, read today's uh, message. We uh, are going to be in Ephesians 3, uh, starting chapter 14, or no, chapter 3, verse 14. Uh, if you want to follow along, there's Bibles underneath your seat. They'll be also be on the screens uh, as well. Uh, Pastor Mike will be talking today about our uh, second uh, message in our series, uh, Together. And so, uh, if you will, uh, read with me. Ephesians 3, uh, starting in, in chapter 14. For this reason I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all of the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all of the fullness of God. Amen? Will you pray with me? Father God, we acknowledge your presence here this morning. Lord, we invite you uh, in uh, here this morning to be uh, real and powerful and big and bold. Lord, may you work in each and every one of our hearts so that our minds and, and eyes and ears may be open to what you have to call us. Lord, today may we, may we rediscover the, the heights and depths and the breadth and the lengths to which your love is so powerful and, and so open to us, Lord. And Lord, may you fill us with all of your fullness. Lord, we pray for, for Mike as he brings us the word. Lord, may it become uh, real and, and um, impactful in our lives this morning. Lord, we pray these things in your son's name. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. Good morning again. It's uh, these uh, announcements are getting kind of busy, huh? But they're good, aren't they? Like God's really uh, moving powerfully in, in our church, and we're, we're grateful for that. And uh, we really, the desire is to see more people come to faith in Jesus, and that's why we're here. And so I'm grateful that you're here with us this morning as we continue our Back to Church Sunday series uh, called Together. The theme is that we're exploring in these four weeks are that. Well, just what Tim said, it's, it's about being together, that we are better together as a church. And we'll be drawing our lessons from the book of Ephesians through these four sermons, and, uh, and so I pray that you'll be blessed by it. So today I want to start out with kind of a word game, if we will. Um, uh, things just go together. There's just some words that go together. So I'm going to say a word, and I want you to, to say out loud, participation, well, the, the word that comes, that pops into your mind first. So let's start off with an easy one. Salt and? Right? Peanut butter and? And then Batman and? All right. Adam and? Hyde and? Pros and? Dodgers or? Winners or? I know, it's awful, isn't it? Some words just unfortunately go together, right? And so uh, we want to, we, we can play all day long, like, like demonstrating the power of things that, that belong together. Like there's just this inseparable, inseparable association. Now, what do people think when they hear the word church? If the first, if I said church, what word would you associate to that? I don't know that there is an inseparable word to the word church. Depending upon your experiences, the association might be positive, it might be negative, or it might be somewhere in between. But what if 
the word that was associated with church that came to mind, the first word was love. What if, if church was inseparable with the word love? That, that I want to challenge us as a church today to even think about this, that, that to consider how do we uh, begin to build this connection, this inseparable link between those two words, church and love, so that the, when the world hears the word church, you can't separate it. It's a tough challenge, so, so how do we get there? Um, I am proud to say that, that this church gets this. And, and so much of this will be preaching to the choir, but, but I would just want to affirm that this should be uh, what is the inseparable link between the church. It should be known by its love for one another. The last four weeks we focused on Paul's message, uh, or, or last week we focused on Paul's message that together we find peace. And today we're going to explore the concept of together we experience love. Paul, in his letter to the church of Ephesus, addresses the, this, this same topic of how believers, we can experience <clears throat> love at its deepest level, at a most genuine level, at the, at the way love should be. Love is subjective, isn't it? Now, I love pizza. Does that mean I, I love my wife the same? I, I love my wife. Does that mean I love my wife the same as I love pizza? Uh, maybe I love pizza too much. Maybe I don't love my wife enough. But what, what, what does it really mean? Um, if you were here last week for Back to Church Sunday, we talked a little bit about the church of Ephesus. And this is a group of believers that faced many of the same challenges that the church faces today. Uh, they were a group of people living in a fast-paced city of Ephesus. Uh, this was a very uh, uh, metro metropolitan town. Um, Surrounded by powerful religions and, and various uh, ideologies. Uh, it was a hustling and bustling town. They were diverse, multicultural themselves. And they were trying to figure out how to interweave their lives and, and, their, and their faith in Jesus at the same time. And so Paul writes them this letter. In light of the challenges they face, Paul emphasizes over and over again the importance of togetherness in understanding what the gospel story, and understanding our purpose, understanding the story of redemption and the work of God to bring us together to himself through his son Jesus and how that story impacts the lives of each and every one of us. And we too have the same call today. What is God calling us to do? God, the, the good news about Jesus is that Jesus reconciles, back, reconciles us back to God and reconciles us back to uh, one another. That's the good news, that we have been saved by Jesus through the cross and that now he's reconciling us back to one another. And how does that, how do we live this life out in togetherness? Uh, the, Paul's, Paul's, the people that Paul was writing, they would discuss these letters. It was complicated how they would live their lives together and how they, they would walk in, in faith in Christ and how all that manifested it out. And it was just complicated because of the diversity in their city. Uh, we live in a very busy city. And how does our faith translate into that city? So they would actually take this letter and they would meet together amongst one another of the church and they would begin to discuss and tear apart Paul's letter. And how do these things really apply to us? What, what should we do? You see, you see, the Bible is not for just information purposes. It's meant to provoke us to change. It's not just for information, it's for transformation. God's word is, is, is to be active and to be lived out. And so the people in Ephesus would, would, they would go over and they would wrestle with God's word and they would, they would wrestle with the implications of all that they were called to do. 
And so, and, and we too, like the, like the early church in Ephesus, we've committed to journey in this life together, surrounding ourselves around one common word, the Bible. How does the Bible affect us? How do we begin to explore the ideas that comes out of the book of Ephesians? And then how does that really affect our lives? Because we want to understand and we want to renew our commitment as a church, as a welcoming community of God, of how we can be loving, the, a place of love, a place of peace, a place of grace, and a place of impact. How is that? If we don't look anything other than like the world, we should, look, well, let's just say this, we should look far different than the world around us, shouldn't we? Because of the impact that Jesus has had on our lives as individuals and as a community together. Our desire and encounter is to be on this journey together, encouraging one another and supporting one another as individuals and a collective body of Christ. And, and the church by its very nature should be a place to live, learn, worship, and grow, and to impact the world together. That's part of the beauty of the book of Ephesians. In the first half of the book, Paul primarily deals with God's redemptive plan throughout history. He talks about the good news about Jesus, how God brings humans together through Christ. This has always been his plan. This has always been, it's, it's been his plan from the beginning. And by coming to be one humanity, be, being together as a, a church, Christ changes everything by fulfilling this plan. That he has come to set a motion in place and start a movement, if you will, and it's called the church. As a result, together we can experience his, his, his life, his presence, and his spirit in amazing ways. Last week we learned that together we can experience peace as a dwelling place of the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit resides in each and every believer. And as we explore today, together we can experience the love of God in relationship with Him and relationship with one another. We can experience God's love together. It's the only real way we can experience God's love is together. Paul wraps up his uh, description of, God's, of the gospel work throughout all time, and then he brings man together, both Jews and Gentiles, like all people. We discussed that last week. And then he culminates in the verses that will be in our main text today, Ephesians chapter 3, as, as it comes back to God's amazing love and his life-giving work that flows out of God and the gospel. So Paul writes this, with your Bibles open to Ephesians 3, we're just going to read it, and then we'll unpack what God has for us this morning. He says, for this reason I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth has been named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being. He ties back to what we learned last week, that the Holy Spirit resides in us. That we are the body of Christ, right? So that Christ may dwell in our hearts through faith. That you, being rooted and grounded in love, say love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints the breadth and the length and the height and the depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. That you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Do you feel like you are filled with all the fullness of God? Do you feel like, man, with, as a Christian, that I feel full? I feel, I just, I feel full. Would that be your testimony today, that I am full of God? I love the description that, that Paul gives here of the love of Jesus and the love of God. Do we have this sense of God's love for us? Do, are we full of that? 
Do we know he, he talks about this? I love the imagery that he uses here to convey God's, God's limitless love. Uh, since we're playing kind of a words association, let me tell you do this. It's wider than what? What is the widest thing you can think of? I can't hear you. The widest thing, like the ocean, right? That God's love is bigger than that. Maybe the universe. God's, he's saying God's love is, is bigger than that. No matter the widest thing you could think of, God's love is wider. Longer than time. Longer than history. Longer than the line of the DMV, right? <laughs> Obviously, God's love is longer than the line of the DMV, but it's longer than all of eternity. Can you imagine that? That Paul is trying to paint this picture that it's higher than the highest mountain, uh, higher than the moon above, and deeper than the deepest sea. That God's love is wider, longer, higher, and deeper than we could ever even imagine. Here's what he's saying. He wants you to be filled with that love. He wants you to, to he, he even says it, he goes, it surpasses knowledge. It's like Paul's way of saying, you can't even wrap your minds around this, and then when you try to, it's just going to blow your mind. Do you know God's love that way? Do you, have you experienced God's love that way? Do you know God in this way? It's eternally vast, it's powerful, and Paul says it surpasses knowledge. And it is a love that we can experience and that he wants us to model together with one another. The thing about love is this, is that it's relational. That it is meant to be shared. It is meant to be experienced together. And it is together that our ability to grasp this love begins. And it's not this I love pizza love. It's this deep, wide, high love that, God, that, that Paul wants us to really wrap our hearts and our minds around. That when we really think about it, we're just like, boom, it surpasses even my own knowledge. I want to be filled with that love. The concept of being together is a reflection of God's relationship with us. And this love is to be lived out amongst his people. That God dwells in his people so his love is present when we come together. And as we gather, we experience love in tangible ways. We find support, belonging, acceptance, encouragement, and strength from others. This is the love we're talking about. This is a sacrificial love. This is a love that's willing to hurt to make, to make sure that others are loved well. It's a Christ-like love. You see, God says he demonstrated his love for you by, by sending Jesus to die for you. I don't know, is this the depth of the love that you understand that God has for you? That he's willing to sacrifice his own son to prove how much he loves, loves you. We are to find support, belonging, acceptance, encouragement, and strength from others. We see love in others' lives, uh, even, if, if, even if it's even cloudy in ours. The church becomes this source of love. If you're following along in your bulletin, uh, we, we've changed up the bulletin just a little bit. Uh, we've added some community group questions to the bottom so that you can continue this conversation in community group. So it's going to be super important that you follow along with your bulletin. And there's a huge call this, through this sermon series to be together. And so as Tim has been asking you each and every week to get involved in a community group and get involved in a ministry, I'm going to ask you again to get involved in a community group and get involved into a ministry. And we use these bulletin inserts to guide some conversation, how we can grow through what God is speaking to us here on Sundays and how we could just not just be here to gather information, but how does that translate in our lives for the sake of transformation so that our lives will glorify God and be good to others. So the, if you're following along your bulletin, this leads you to the first principle is this. 
Coming to church isn't about coming to a building or even a group. It's about coming together into a shared expression and transformative experience of God's love. Coming to church isn't about coming to a building or even a group. It's about coming together into a shared expression and transformative experience of God's love. If all you do is show up on a Sunday morning and, and, you, and, and you walk in, you sing a few songs, you smile, you nod, you shake a few hands, and you might give a little hug, and that's, that's your whole experience of church, you're totally missing out. Because it's, it's hard to, to really experience love even in this setting, isn't it? I mean, I could preach to you Jesus, and you could, and you could, you could understand that love on, on this type of level, but relational love in the church, you, you're never going to get that connection because you're not going beyond that. If you gather here uh, uh, in, any, in only that capacity and walk out and your life is, is no different, then you've missed the point altogether. You've missed the point altogether. We gather here together uh, in expectation and openness of grace, of God's grace to come down and be lived out through his people. If you're willing to humbly recognize your need for, for, for others in your life, for his forgiveness, for strength, and for a deeper kind of life, then you're, then you're reaching a place of vulnerability that allows you to be known by God and to be known by others. It is so important that we have relationships in this church that we can be open and vulnerable with to experience the love and the grace and the mercy that God has for us. None of us here are perfect. We all need this strength. We all need to be loved. But you're never going to experience it until we connect and we get together. When we are willing to acknowledge our own needs and our weakness, then we're able to receive love, support, and encouragement that we need. And, and, and once, when we receive that, I believe that we'll have plenty to give out to others. When we get to a place where we begin to experience the transformative power of God's love, the church changes because we change. You see, I don't think that we will be, be conduits of God's love until we experience God's love for ourselves. And if you're just warming a seat today, I want to encourage you that, that you're never going to get to a place where you're really experiencing God's love manifested in the church until you make deeper connections in the church. And this is why we're constantly beating the drum. Come together, be in community, get into a ministry, meet with other people, experience this love. This is where we will begin to tap into the very nature of God, which is love. Uh, we read this in, John, in 1 John 4, it says this. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. Isn't that interesting? He said he is love. It's not like God has some love for us, that God, God can offer us love. Uh, God, God, God maybe takes away. No, he is love. This is his very nature. God cannot deny his own nature. And if you are people of God, then you will know love. That you will know that this is his plan for us, that God just doesn't have love for us, that he is actually love. This leads me to my next principle in your bulletin is this. To be in a relationship with God through Jesus is to be in a relationship with love itself. And all of history from creation to revelation was born from and is being shaped by that love. That love has driven creation of the world and love has driven God's relationship with each and every one of us. 
It was love that wanted him to save you. It was love that caused him to send Jesus. It was love for him to, to, to move desperately into your life and grab the lost. Grab you. Grab those who are far from him. Love fueled his care, fuels his care for his people. Every time there, that something happens in this broken world that where God moves and God's people move, it's love that's motivating that. Love has fueled the way of salvation and redemption in the form of Jesus Christ. Emmanuel, being God with us. You see, the good news about Jesus is that Jesus chose to become one of us and to suffer as one of us. And sacrificially, he took the place of all of us. And this is the good news of Jesus. So that we can be restored completely back to God to love one another, to share this love with other people. Love is not like this side note for God's church. It's not this thing that we, this one thing that we do. It's this one thing that we should be. That church and love should be associated so closely together that it's inseparable. It's the nature of God and it's his plan for the church and for the world. It's his way for his followers and a lifestyle that should define us. Does love define you? Does it define you as a Christian? Are we erring on the side of love? I, you know, I'm a big truth guy. I wrote the book on truth. I, I, this is like, I love to answer questions and, and convey truth. But if we miss love, we're wrong. If we get our truth right and our love wrong, we're wrong. We must start and our foundation must be love built on the same love that Jesus came and demonstrated in our lives. It's not going to be our buildings that impress people, our hard work, our success, uh, or even happiness. It's not going to be the acts of service that we do. It's going to be our love for one another. It's going to be our love for one another, and we'll be recognized by our love, the Bible says. Jesus knew that, and John, he says this, he, he prayed to the fathers that we would be one, that we would be united like Christ. It seems kind of obvious that, that love can, cannot be experienced alone, but but this has got to be uh, something that is together, that we are together. And Jesus said something about this and he, in, in a prayer that he prayed for us. Listen to this. He says, my prayer is not for them alone. I also pray that those who believe in me through their message, that all of them will be one, Father, just as you and me are, and I are in you. May they also be in us so that the world may, may believe that you sent me. This kind of unity is, is kind of hard to grasp. Um, this kind of love and unity is hard to grasp. But Jesus loved God so much. And God loved Jesus so much. And it was interesting. There's, uh, there's one, of, one of my memory verses. It says that, that just as I, Jesus says this, just as the Father loved me, I loved you. Do you realize you're loved that much? And then he calls us to unity in this prayer. He calls us to togetherness in this prayer. Even our closest relationship, like oneness is elusive at times, isn't it? Even in some of the closest relationships that we have, do you feel unified together? We live in a world of connection. It's kind of strange that you've, but you've seen the research and the reports that remind us over and over again that society feels more and more alone. It's interesting, even with technology has increased our ability to connect, but, but it has decreased the depth of authenticity in our connection. That we go in and we scroll down and it's all about these likes, but, but at the end of the day, people still feel alone. It's because I think this depth of authenticity is lost and we actually need eyeball to eyeball, heartbeat to heartbeat connections with people. 
because you can't relate to a phone. And basically, when you are liking those things, you're liking an image that you are seeing and that you are defining. You're not really, you're not really seeing what's really going on underneath it. And so it lacks authenticity, it lacks depth. depth. And if we're honest, it's not just the world of technology, is, is to, that's not who's to blame. Because people go to work today, people go to church today, people go to family events today, and they never connect. They never have a, a, a relational connection there. How can we be physically together uh, and not connect and lack true connection? Well, there's people here today in this church that you were physically together, but you will lack connection today and you'll leave here lonely. And you'll wonder why you're lonely throughout the whole week. The question is, are you connecting in a deeper level? We could be physically uh, uh, together, but lack true connection and community. And that is a stark contrast to the love that God desires for us. This leads me to my third principle in your bulletin is this. Considered in the prayer that Jesus prayed, the love that, that between Jesus and his Father is love without separation, without boundaries, and without end. And that is the kind of love he wants his church to experience and to give to one another. This is the cure for loneliness. It's community. It's, it's community that's willing to go deep with people. It's the reason God calls us together. So that leads me back to the first question that I posed in the beginning of our time together. Uh, can we create an inseparable association with the word church and the word love? What does it look like uh, here among ourselves and the rest of our community? Would Encounter Church be known for their love for one another? I can, I can say confidently, yes. Categorically, no. Is everybody experiencing this love here? No, but gosh, man, we really want you to. When you begin to experience this love, I believe the connections will be made. We've said it here before, I've, uh, even in our lead teams especially, we're, we're kind of strategizing, like, what's, what, where's the most impact that we're making in on, at church? Is it Sunday mornings? The question is no. But if we get people in community, if we can get people in community, there will be, there'll be this love that is experienced in community that will be inseparable. And this is what God has called us to. He hasn't called us to church. He hasn't called us to the building. He, called, he has called us to be the church. The church is a people, not a building. And when the people begin to, to recon, know that they've been reconciled uh, to God through love, through the depth of Jesus' love, and that, that we are now called to reconcile with one another in that, uh, operating in that same love, it would be inseparable. We will have problems. It's not a perfect love. It's not a perfect relationship because there's not a perfect person here. But there will be sacrificial love and connection with, with one another as Christ has intended his body to look like. So how do we experience love together? How do we spread that love beyond ourselves? I don't know that there's any single answer here uh, because I think it's so circumstantial. But, um, but as we come together in community groups and as a whole body of God, I hope that these questions continue to be at the forefront of our conversations. Uh, we've created some questions in your bulletin that will help be a catalyst to these conversations as well. But, and, and so I hope that they become a, a, a good conversation in our community groups tonight. But for today, I want to suggest that there's three ways that, we, that can serve as starting points to experience God's love together and to live that out through the people around us. And we use three C's in your bulletin. And, um, and so if you're... Uh, 
if you're here, the first C is this, is connection. You'll write that down in your bulletin. Where are you plugged in? As a church, we work very hard at providing opportunities and offering you opportunities to get plugged in. For the new, for the new believer, uh, uh, for the new uh, visitor, it's the 101 and the 201 class. We just want you to come through those lanes. And the idea through those lanes is to introduce you to Christ, mature in your faith, and to connect you into community. Those are, those are the real, real calls for it. It's all, it's all about connecting you into the, the body of Christ. See, we want you to be reconciled to Jesus, so we share the good news at the 101 class about him and how he makes us family. And, and, and that is really our heart here, that, that God wants you, that he actually died on a cross for you and rose again three days later to make you family, to make you part of the family of God. And this is what the 101 class is all about. And then how you can be a part of that. It comes through confessing your faith in Jesus and being baptized. If you've already confessed your faith and been baptized, we want to affirm that and welcome you into this local body, this local family. And then how you can be a pivotal part of that. We, we, all, we are very, very much about your maturing in your faith. We want you to, to that deep roots will be, will be made in your faith in Jesus. And so, and so the 201 class is about deepening your faith in community. It's all in community. 301, we'll get into that in just a minute. But, but this is the idea that we're making, we're calling to you to make connections. Everybody should be in community group. And in, this relation, in these relationships and togetherness, this has always been the goal for us because it's been Jesus' goal for us. That he has called us to gather as he saved us. So let me encourage and challenge all of us that if you're just feeling a church on Sunday morning, get plugged in. Get into one of the classes. Get into community groups. These are some spaces that we've created and that we put a lot of energy in so that you can connect. And I'm confident that you'll find a, a place of belonging, of growth, where you can serve and where you can fulfill your purpose that God has for you here on earth. Uh, if you're already involved in some way, let me encourage and challenge you to look around and help other people who aren't connected to connect. This isn't just me. I, I, I pray that this will be a rallying point, if you will, and to encourage you, to encourage others to connect. Because especially if you've experienced this love, especially if you've experienced like genuine community, and they, don't you want that for others? The same thing that you've experienced here? It's been an amazing, amazing thing for this church. We are deep in community, and so we want you to experience that as well. So the first call is to connect on a deeper level. The next C uh, that can serve as a starting point for us to experience God's love and, and to live that out in our world is comfort. Is comfort. There's no doubt that I can go around the room today and hear from every one of us stories of pain and struggle and heartache. Uh, it was impressive, um, but I'm not surprised. It was impressive to, to see and watch the church immobilize when, when Bobby Carson's passed away this week. And, and, and how everybody began to come together around. Uh, and, and this is a deeper love that I, that I imagine Amanda is feeling and understanding. And if, and if you were part of Nicole's text last night, you know that Amanda is just, is just overwhelmed with the love that this church has poured out on her in this last week. If you're just warming a seat, if you're not even connected and people don't know you here, I don't know that you could experience this kind of love until you connect in relationship. But I am so impressed, not surprised, because I know this body well, but I'm so proud of how you love people in the, in the midst of uh, their trouble. And it's, it's encouraging. It's encouraging. 
Life isn't easy and we'll all pass through seasons of greater difficulty and need in the normal rough and tumble life in times uh, uh, or in the greater need, like a tragic loss of a loved one. I don't, I don't, I don't even, uh, <laughs> I can say with confidence that this love will continue. But listen, this love will continue as long as the Karstens connect. It just will. It takes two to be in relationship, Right? And so we will, we will connect as much as they'll allow us and hopefully that this connection will stay forever because we are family in Christ. And I am certain the, the, from the four kids that, that Bobby is gonna be, has left behind, uh, they'll be cared for in this church. They'll be loved and they'll be served. The genuineness of a church's love is proved in these times. It is proved in difficult times. And as a church, we want to be there for each other, whether, whether it's a shoulder to cry on or a rallying, tangible support of, of somebody who's in their most difficult time in need. It, it, it's impressive. It is awesome. It is a move of the Spirit of God when people go and, and do this. And it's this love that binds us together. And it gives us these opportunities to care for one another and comfort one another. The third C is this, is Collaboration. That we have a common purpose as a church. We have a common purpose. Jesus came to seek and to save the lost. Jesus came to feed the hungry and care for the sick and to clothe the naked and to visit the prisoners in jail. We have this common uh, purpose. It's working together toward this common purpose that we get to experience God's love and live it out around us. That from, from, from meetings like, like, like this that, that inspire us to go do a number of things and the sky is the limit. How can you serve in your community? Um, whether it's rallying around a common interest, or we've got the, you know, maybe it's music or arts, or, or maybe it's, it's uh, rallying around a, a nonprofit like Caring Connections or Kingdom Causes, that we're, we're doing something in our community. Maybe it's, maybe it's right here in women's ministry. Maybe, maybe it's you locally going and helping the Karstens. Maybe it's you locally helping somebody in need. Whatever it is, we have this common purpose to manifest the love of God outside and that we're to collaborate together. Uh, it's a shared experience. It doesn't matter what, what we're called to do, but we're, we have a mission. And we have the 301 class that is designed to help you discover your God-given gifts and talents to live that mission out into the best of your ability. We are able to find out and uh, find, find fulfillment in the expression of our God-given gifts. And in doing so, it's an act of worship to God when you are actually operating in the, in, in the, in the way he has supernaturally gifted you and naturally gifted you. Derek sits right here. He's an amazing drummer, man. He should be up here with, as an expression of God, living out in worship to God and helping lead us into worship of God. Like that's his gift set. He's got more than that. He's more than a drummer, right? I'm still trying to get him to build me a Harley, but it's not going to happen. But maybe that's your gift set for the glory of God. Derek, thus says Jesus. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but, but how are you getting connected into the 301 class? We want you to discover your uh, supernatural gifts and your natural gifts so that you can be used for the glory of God right here. There are so many ways to serve. And I want to reiterate what Tim has said, that those, those opportunities are on the back there and we want you to get plugged in. In some way or some form, everyone gets plugged in. Because you can connect and you can be part of what we're doing right here to bring the gospel to Bellflower and beyond. And we want you to. There's also opportunities for, like, if we discover some gifts in you that, that, that we are not even doing, man, we are open to the Spirit of God to, be, to allow Him to birth new ideas here at Encounter that we can do together. 
right? And then we can support you and your giftedness. Whatever the place is, we just want you to plug in. And, and, and it is that, this love of God that, that, that guides us and unites us in our efforts. It is Christ living in us that allows his love to grow through us and flow out of us into our community. We cannot underestimate the importance uh, of, of this, that together, 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 we are to experience love in the church. Paul wrote these, I'll close with Paul's words to the Corinthian church, a, a young body of believers who were just trying to grasp what it means to, to, to walk in, a, to, be, to live in a community, and to live in a very hustling and bustling community and, and, and live out their faith. And, the, and it was this tension that Paul was speaking into. And he says, so he says this in, in 1 Corinthians 13, 13, he says, and now these three remain, faith, Hope and love. So, so he needs the faith of Christ, that our faith is going to remain, our hope that Christ is going to return, and love. It's this love that God manifests to us. He says, but the greatest of these is love. He goes, I don't want you to miss this. That the church and love, those two words should be inseparable. And if this is not a true, if, if that's not the first word that comes out of your mouth, then you need to connect. You need togetherness. You need to see how God's love is manifested in and through his church. I pray that you will know the depth, the height, the width, and the breadth of God's love. It'll be manifested right here. Let's pray for that. Father in heaven, we thank you, God, that you have given us Jesus and that you've demonstrated uh, your love for us through sending your son to die for us on a cross. Even when I think about that, God, I'm just, my mind is just kind of like, wow, I just can't fathom what it means to sacrifice your own son. When I try to wrap up my head around sacrificing my own son for someone else, I'm like, I'm like I just confess, God, I don't love like that. But I want to. God, you've demonstrated your love for us by sending your son. You've also demonstrated your love for us by giving us your spirit. And that you call us together to manifest that love and to explore that love with one another. It's a sacrificial love. It's a love that's willing to sacrifice for others. And God, would we experience that love? Would our minds be blown by your love? I pray, God, for this church that, that today we would respond well. That we would draw closer together. That even our biggest problems, Lord, will not be the cause of separating us from you, but it will be the cause of bringing us even closer together. That we may love each, each other genuinely, like you loved us. Together, we find love. Thank you, God, for this church. Thank you for, as they demonstrate that. And, and God, as they are a witness to that, they, they do that here. And so I'm so grateful. I pray for those who have not felt connected here, Lord, that they will connect and that they will also experience that same love that you give us, Jesus. God, as we respond in worship today, I pray that you will meet with us right here where we're at. For there's no condemnation in you, Christ Jesus. There is only love. So it's in your name we pray. Amen.